I started Coffee with Humans as a way to make meaningful connections. See, I believe when people on individual journeys cross paths, real good can come from that. And in that sacred moment, we have the opportunity to do three things. Name reality and describe the future we want. Destroy things for our good by moving on from that which no longer serves us. Create or recreate ourselves, moving us to the reality we describe. That's the essence of Coffee with Humans, making the world a better place. One conversation at a time. You are joining us, our viewers and our listeners on Coffee with Humans, live streaming to LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook with my new friend, I hope, Brenna. Welcome to Coffee with Humans. Thank you. I brought my coffee. Thank you. I'll have coffee anytime anybody wants to have coffee. Let's talk. That's a Colorado mug? Oh, yeah. Are you in Colorado? Yeah, Colorado's Coloradans love three things. We love our Broncos, we love our mountains, and we love our Colorado flag. So. Oh, it is a kind of a classy flag. I'm not actually sure what the flag of Illinois is. I feel like I need to look it up now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably lame. Actually, I'm born and raised in Arizona. I can, I think, faintly remember that flag, so don't feel bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, um, oh, yeah, the Illinois flag has like an eagle either throwing up on or eating a ribbon. <sighs> Sounds like the Mexican flag <sighs> a little bit. Oh, my God, that's terrible. <laughs> well that's we don't need to look at that <laughs> we could though <laughs> oh boy well I'm, I'm curious uh why did you decide to have coffee with me well i have a friend named matt mormon and, and he knows uh a lot of my story and my journey and my life and things i i post on social media and he says you have to meet this guy jason you have to have an interview i'm like i've never been interviewed i usually do the interviewing Okay. And so I just wanted to roll with it. I like Matt. He's a good guy. So let's do this. He is a good guy. I like Matt. I met him. Um, when did I meet him? I met him not all that long ago. A couple, couple, I don't know, a month ago or something like that. Just out of the blue uh, on Coffee with Humans. And we had a great time. And he's been on one time else. And then we've got some super secret thing we're working on. Here's, um, before I forget, there's the Illinois flag. Yeah, nice. I mean, like, what do the numbers even mean? There's a lot going on in that flag. (laughs) I'm not sure if it's, we are clearly indecisive. We couldn't even settle on a date. We're going to stand on this. Yeah, this is crazy. (laughs) It is 1818. But we love Illinois. 1868. We love Illinois. All right, enough of that. Uh, Well, we've also got some uh, viewers on there. Uh, Chad Ensley is watching today. Oh, he's saying it's sad. He's talking about our conversation over the flag. And then he he states that the flag is symbolic. Thank you, Chad. That's probably true. I cannot all imagine star. it was totally random. They all are. I mean, that's why there are flags. But. Colorado, though, is nice and simple. Oh, and... you know what it is? Okay, tell me. It's the sun. It's the glow of the sun. If you ever see a Colorado sunset, and it's just kind of 
literally I have a friend who has a picture and he just took a picture of the sun rising in the morning and it just had that beautiful glow I get some of the most beautiful sunsets here sunsets. Uh, I've been to Colorado a couple times and I totally agree with you I love Colorado I think the thing I noticed first about Colorado was lack of mosquitoes yes. you have no mosquitoes yes which was great yes <laughs> I lived in Georgia for a while back in 2000 and they were like the state bird. They called yeah. them the state bird. <laughs> just exactly. Yeah, That's what it's like here. You can leave and, you know, not even a lot of flies even. I mean, people leave their doors open and windows open in the, in the, the summer when it's nice out. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. So you, you met, um, you, you met me through Matt. Yeah. And you also said that you're usually doing you're usually doing the interviewing, which is curious to me. And for our listeners and viewers, Coffee with Humans is all about meeting a stranger and then having a conversation uh, as you would in any other scenario where you just meet somebody randomly. So I met Brent about eight minutes before we went live. And we're we, besties. We, we are almost besties. We're very <laughs> close. Uh, and we will be besties by the end of this, I'm sure. <laughs> so I know nothing about Brenna. And she knows very little about me. We talked about how I put on this orange thing and I didn't mean to. And we also talked about how you don't have glasses on. And so you don't even know if I'm I smiling. See. No, I just see a big blur at my, <laughs> my phone, but you, you own it confidently though. <laughs> Thank you. It's easy to be confident when you just can't see just all blur. That's it. <laughs> I had a uh, Max Ivy on. He's the blind blogger. Okay. Um, I also didn't know him. And he, and he's pretty confident and literally can't see. Yeah. So, all right. So tell me why, why do you do, what do you normally do about the, uh, why, what, what do you, what do you mean when you say you normally do the interviewing? So how that started, um, so I, and this is just part of my story. It's my journey and it's where I am now. So I talk about it, um, because it's my current experience and it's what's in front of me, but I have multiple sclerosis, I was diagnosed five years ago, and I also have some other illnesses. I recently diagnosed with CVID, which means that basically I don't have any antibodies against infection. Mm. Um, but I, it took a lot. I mean, this journey was five years. And two years ago, um, in June of 2018, I gave up thinking I could, like, I, I fought for years trying to get back on my feet, and my health just kept getting worse. So I went back to Arizona for a year, ended up back here. And just struggling, just literally like, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to support and take care of myself and do anything? You know, if you know, I can't take care of myself, I can't work. I couldn't. It was just it was awful. I mean, I had energy for maybe a couple hours in a day max. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't sit up for very long holding my own body weight up. There was different over the years, a lot of different symptoms. But what I was looking at at this time a year ago was still probably I've been in real estate since 2008 and I was still looking at just getting out because I wasn't sure what I would be capable of what I had the energy to do um, mm -hmm. with some of my handicaps um, but what I could do God gave me a passion and he gave me a voice you know I've, I've always been I was the talkative kid in class and I've always been you know got A's on my papers for writing because I have words for days and um, I could talk and one of I have a cognitive issues and conversation was hard. It's hard to speak without like forgetting what I'm saying. It was, it was just really hard. So I wanted, I knew that would help me. Um, 
my, my journey along the way, I had people, I would share it because it was all I had was to be able to kind of share little bits and pieces. And, um, people would say that inspired me or my father has a mess or my family's going through this. And thank you so much for sharing. And, and I, I could tear up now because it's humbling because you, you don't share for you just, you, you hope maybe just to kind of educate people with your story and to touch mm-hmm. people. Um, but when it really happens, it's just amazing. And so I thought sitting back, having to be on, off my feet most of the time, especially last year, yes. what can I do? I have my internet. I have, I can talk. Okay. I love talking with people. Um, hence I love you jumped on being able to talk with you. Um, so let me do this. And it's helped doing my interviews because I, I feel like I'm nobody with an in particular, uh, special story. You know, I haven't like achieved the highest success. I haven't, you know, don't have tons of degrees. I don't have all of this, but if I can change people's lives, you know, and people can, you know, tell me that, you know, I've affected their life. Um, then I wanted to share stories of people that have really affected my life. So I started interviewing people who have overcome hard things, people that I admire, people that I look at for my own inspiration. So I shared their stories. So it's, and it's fun to talk to, they inspire me. Let me share what inspires me. So that's what I do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, That's a lot going on. And (laughs) I'm, I'm curious, uh, where does the desire do you think of needing to use hardship for good where do you think that desire originates for you oh where when um i believe god puts on our plate what we can handle i think it's 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 you know we can plan a life and then it gets turned upside down and it's not what we thought it was going to be i think where we are is exactly where we are supposed to be with whatever you know, we are given whatever mm-hmm. plate we are given. That is what we are meant to do. And this was my plate. And I am not a victim. I am not a person who is going to just take anything laying down. So if this is what's on my journey, then I had to find a way to conquer this. It wasn't going to conquer me, you know, whether take away, okay, you take away my money, you take away everything I own, you, you know, I had to I had to um, take my youngest kids to live with their dad because I couldn't take care of them, you know, take everything away. But um, again, it was, I still haven't taken away my voice. My passion hasn't been taken away, you know, my spirit, my power. I still have all that. So that's that desire just to, that's that inner being of me that just wants to like fight and love. I love people. I love connecting. I love connection. I love that. I love meeting good new people. So, so that just kind of, it all just kind of is working together. It's kind of seeing things fall together and Mm -hmm. I can't, we'll have to have this conversation again in another two years and see where things go. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. Well, I honor the, I honor the place that you're at in your journey where you have experienced intense struggle and uh, have chosen to use that struggle for good and to, uh, grow out of it and carry on. It's sort of a, like in an investment, you're looking for, po- it seems an investment, you're looking for a positive return yeah. on what you have been given. I do. I think, um, again, I don't think I'm anybody in particularly special. I think we're all, I think there's greatness in everybody and, and we all have to find it. But I think, 
I think that's just why I'm a good example if people want to see me because you don't have to be anybody in particularly born, you know, special or amazing or have all these extra talents or you can just be a regular, regular person. And it doesn't, you know, mean things are easy. It just means we get up and we do it every day. And literally that's my message. Like if I can do it, you know, I'm working on a book that I have not been writing in for a little bit. Um, but I even had this conversation with my daughter, my eldest, and this was at one of the most, um, difficult times in our relationship. And she was, she was encouraging me to write the book at that time. Even, and, and she said, you know, yeah, mom, but you don't have maybe one story, but you've got a lot of little stories and that makes for one big story. And I do, mm-hmm. I think that's what will help me relate to people. And they're like, again, if Brenda did it, I can do it. <laughs> yes, yeah. you can, you can, you can do it. So I'm curious in terms of storyline, then if your life were a book, yes. what would be, what would be one of the names of the chapters? Oh, okay. So I, I some friends know this. Um, I don't want to give everything away, but the name of my book, dun, yeah. dun, dun, it's, it's called real love. Okay. And it's where's that come letter, from? It's the love letter soundtrack of my life. Okay. And that's what the book is. And it's my life in song. It's this music that's carried me throughout my entire life. And what was going on at that particular life, what songs bring up certain um, memories and feelings and were just important during that period of my life and that I was going through. Yeah. yeah. When you... First chapter I already know is is Jesus Loves Me. Okay. song I remember learning. It's a good foundational chapter. (laughs) Uh, I'm curious when you were going through these, some of these things and looking, um, looking forward, mm-hmm. right. Being on, you know, page three, page four, page five of each of those chapters to where you are today, looking back on the chapter that's been written, what was your mindset then? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I think about that because if I wrote that now, it'd be so different. The time when I started writing this book, um, I was so raw, so raw, my spirit, so hurt, so vulnerable, but still so at peace and had come to an understanding of my past. You know, God took me back to Arizona for a year for a reason and um, for closure. And closure doesn't always come, you know, with a happy ending. Sometimes it just comes in with an understanding. And so... uh, it was definitely, and then again, with my memory for getting things, it was good to be at that point where it was raw and vulnerable and in the moment of what I was dealing with at the time, um, starting it off like that. So, Yeah, that is a, that's pretty powerful. Uh, when, when you're thinking about what you want to come of this book, what's that future look like for you? I'm a big dreamer. I'm so, so I'm literally 50, 50 left, right brain, whichever way. Um, so I'm also very realistic, you know, and literal, um, at the end of the day, and I, and it's because it is on me, there's such a part of me that has a fear to share it. You know, it's like, um, I know I have to, I've known I had to write a book about my life since I was 12 years old. Okay. No, I wasn't ready. And so, um, but what I want to come from it, I think at the end of the day, if I finish it, I've already known it's just such a healing 
and kind of a closure of like stuff that uh, I say last year um, I went through just kind of coming out of some of the worst parts of my life. And again, going back to that vulnerable, vulnerable spot. And um, everybody used to always say, you're so strong, Brenna, you're so strong. And the truth was, I was never strong. (laughs) I just had a thick skin and I learned how to live in dysfunction and ride those waves. I wasn't strong. And I feel that's the commonality I find with most people. And they don't, nobody wants to say I'm weak. Nobody wants to say I I need to, I'm hurt in this part and I have to fix this part. Um, But what God did was he stripped me of those thick layers and he left me. And the best way I described it to some of my close friends was just like skinless, just raw. I was completely raw. And he left me there not to be weak, but to grow a new armor, a new skin that of true strength, you know, in, in with my relationship and my faith with God. And so that's what's been developing. It's real strength, not a toughness, not a pride, you know, not an ego, all that. You know, I'd love to say it's all gone. It's not. A lot of it's gone. I'm working on it. I think as long as I'm human, there's always going to be some humanness, you know, that part of me. But um, just really growing into that, that love, you know, that part of me. And so, and that's what I just want. If I write, if it just leave it for my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids to know me and to know where they come from and to know the chains that I've broken and I fought so hard for, that's it. That's good enough. If one other person reads it and is inspired, that's great. The dreamer in me would love for it to be like a mini series on Netflix or let's make a movie. Tyler Perry can make a movie out of it. Um, It's not about me. It's about whose life needs to be changed. And I totally believe in the butterfly effect. You know, if it just inspires one person to go on and do something amazing, you know, and they and they're fabulous and they help change the world like wow what more could I have asked for or to just one person to just step up and be a better parent mm-hmm. what more could I ask for so in the middle of that you said you you made just one little phrase I think you said if I finish it I mean, what's, I'm finishing it. what's that about <laughs> I have I mean, it's about it's been put on hold and my kid my kids my friends are like Brennan I have you got to your book no I'm finishing it it's not if I'm finishing it I'm gonna finish it it's if I um publish it that's the part I get leery of that's part okay. I'm leery of. why because it is so vulnerable it's so me and so I I believe you don't share things with people until you're at peace and your whole, I, I got that from Brene Brown. You know, you don't let people have access to that part of you. Um, but I also feel like this is my mission. So at, at the end of the day, am I going to share it? Yes. Am I going to be sitting there red face with my hands in my face? Like what are people going to think? Yeah. But again, at the end of the day, I still have my circle of people that really love me and my faith and that's all that matters. As long as I have that, it's like, come at me. So, but I'm not, it's not going to be easy. It's not, there's definitely going to be that. What are you worried about? Judgment. Who wants to be judged? Who wants people to be like, you know, I'm, it's going to be my life. It's going to, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to talk about things I'm ashamed of. I'm going to talk about mistakes I made. And you can try to make things right 
and you can, you know, we're our own worst critics. I will forever um, feel bad about things I did that were wrong. You know, that doesn't ever go away. So it'd be easy for somebody to be like, well, you know, she did this. And for me to like, you know, yeah, um, that's just the old mental mindset that I have, though, too. So that's just a part of my healing and growing where I still am is coming out of that old mindset and, and still, you know, Brenna, yes, you're worth it. Brenna, you know, you are, there's just that whole healing part. So it's just kind of evolving. And I think that's, again, what the book is going to give me. It'll give me kind of that closure and that peace to give my permission to write it down in my own words and to see it and to be like, okay, like you're good, you know? So we'll see when I'm done writing it. We'll see how I feel about publishing it then. I'll be more confident because I will have done it and I can read it like two and three different times. And yeah. I think um, this idea of feeling judged is a pretty common theme for most people. Yeah. Nearly everybody I know has that feeling of being judged. And yet on the flip side of it, the people that we admire. So for instance, you said you name dropped Brene Brown. Yeah. Who her thing is authenticity. And if you listen to why, how she came about this idea of authenticity is, you know, she never expected to be in this business of, you know, spreading authenticity. And she fought with it, fought, fought, fought hard against yeah. the idea of, you know, this is what I got to come out there and say. And, you know, then kind of yeah. sp- spread herself open on this TEDx talk and like, oh my gosh, here's who I am. You know, fire your arrows if you need to. Um, and so it seems that the people, the people that we admire, the people that we point out as, as our individuals and we look to for our inspiration are the people who say, who, who overcome that fear. And yet we are so afraid to overcome that fear. Yeah. But I also know there is that, and there's a hundred percent that, and she talks about um, in that TED talk about that uh, theater um, Roosevelt quote about being in the arena and anybody mm-hmm. go Google it really quick. I'm not going to spend the time to pull it up, but I have it saved. Yep. Um, but uh, that that's my fight. That's what I know I'm here for. So I can't bow out. I know I'm here to put myself in the arena and if I'm going to get shot and get target, you know, be a target, so be it, you know, it's just kind of, it, it's, you know, I am at, again, I'm at peace and, uh, with everything, you know, I've, I, I had to forgive, you have to forgive yourself and you have to look at yourself and see where certain things come from. Um, you know, and yeah, so that's just kind of where, yeah, that quote that you're referring to, yes, Theodore Roosevelt and talks, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, and he continues on. The point being that, uh, I think he ends with it, so that this, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Yeah. Which is that concept of being either hot or cold, either move it forward, sit your ass down, but don't, the, the victory is not for the people who criticize the folks who are out there trying to make it happen. Yeah. And... I mean, it seems to me that the kind of a thread in your story is that you've been dealt some bad blows that you didn't ask for. 
they are just your circumstances. And yet you look at those and say, but I can do, I can choose to make something good out of this. I can choose to carry this forward. I can choose to pay this, pay this forward. I can move it along. I can move, I can move one step in front of the other rather than just accepting defeat or worse yet, you know, uh, uh, symbolically like sitting on your couch and complaining to everybody else about how they're not, you know, good enough or they're not moving their balls forward. And that's how I see my life. I do it. I, I just, uh, that, you know, it's just how I see my life. It's like God gave, again, that plate, God gave me that because I could handle it. He gave me that because I could handle it. And so through everything I thought I couldn't handle, you know, I'm still here. I handled it. So, you know, people, uh, I remember someone asked, um, I've heard like when I was diagnosed different things in my life and like when I was diagnosed with MS and people saying, that's not fair. You know, they're like, Oh, it's not fair that this happened to you. Of course it's fair. Of course it's fair. You know, do I want to wish it to happen to somebody else? No, you know, okay, give it to me. If I can take it, give it to me. And I think I've always kind of had that, um, attitude if I could take it and they're digging to a point where I'm like, okay, God, like, <laughs> can we stop? <laughs> can we stop now, please? <laughs> but I, I think when you've been through those really, really, again, that's where your true strength comes from though. When you go through those really, really low points and you've come out of it and then you hit another point and you're like, I've done this before. Like, let's do it again. Like, okay, we're going to, you know, come at me. Um, yeah. And so I think that, I mean, it built up my real, strength and allows me to be here and will allow me to yes publish my story <laughs> <laughs> well you've announced that you're on coffee with humans so you better follow through with it i have to i know but it's interesting that we give ourselves a caveat we like give ourselves a little way out and and preface it and i do the same thing if i right even though we we're committed to it but we're not that committed to it like it's um it's really interesting that the struggle that goes on in our minds and then we say yeah but when i'm ready and on the flip side of that there are disciplines we could put in place to just to just do it you know it's like the seinfeld effect right he became a good uh, good joke writer uh, because he decided to write a joke every day and put a little calendar up there and he'd cross off every day. And every day he, he, he talks about, uh, you know, com- kind of completing the chain. I've got a friend, Jim Packard, who uh, is co-author of a book called Consistency Chain. And it's all about making sure that this, the things that you do every day are consistent. And it is that consistency that leads to long-term success over the course of a year. John Maxwell talks about the same thing. I can spend a day with you and I'll tell you what's going to happen a year from now, because a day is just, a year is simply made up of 365 consecutive days. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Ian, uh, Ian coming here, he's listening. Uh, it says brilliant attitude. And I feel the desire to pause before doing it again. So he's, he, I I think your attitude and how you, um, how you approach the circumstances that you have, you, I think intuitively know that it is inspirational, that there's a value in your circumstances for everybody else and how you approach them. Uh, but I think, you know, Ian's comment is, uh, kind of clearly evidence of that. Uh, so I would encourage you to go ahead and finish that book. Thank you. Um, 
and and honestly, you know, so I wrote like I wrote two songs and published them. Actually, I wrote three songs and published them. I've got like an orchestration behind it with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra, and I've got a guitarist from Nashville, and I've got a, you know, it's really they're beautiful songs. Um, and I wrote one for my mom for Mother's Day oh. years ago. I needed one. I, I was leading church at the time. And it was a Saturday night and I was like, oh my gosh, I should probably have a song for Mother's Day. And so I like, I just wrote one. Um, and then that turned into something. And then I wrote one for my daughter for her dedication. I was like, I should write something. And it's just like the words just kind of spilled out of me and I wrote it all down. Um, and I've written, written a number of other songs and I suffered the same thing, which was like, well, I'm not even sure that these are good songs. I'm not even certain that I fully like the way they're done. I would not do it if I had a band to, to play with it. It wasn't the same. The way they're published is not the same way that I wanted a band to do it. And I had a band do it at the time, but it's what I had and it got done. And the outcome of that is that when my daughter hears that song, you know, she kind of dances around and she loves it, you know, she's less so now that she's 14 instead of zero or one. But, you know, I mean, there was like, she's, she looks back on that and she's inspired by it, but I didn't write it for anybody else. I wrote it for her. Yeah. And is it again, is it, is it the exact thing that I would want? Well, it's the thing I have. And could I have made it better? Mm, probably not. Um, it certainly wouldn't be done by now. And, you know, we are years later into this. So I think that's kind of a lesson for me, at least in, getting it out there. I mean, even the coffee with humans thing, if you look at the first coffee with humans thing, it was, I called it, um, coffee for humans. I kept on saying coffee for humans. And yet the thing was coffee with humans. Like I wasn't even saying things right. <laughs> uh, but the first guy I talked with Frank. Oh yeah. One of the first guys I talked with. I'm not even sure if he's the first guy I talked with, uh, uh, a guy named Frank. Um, I'm, his last name is escaping my mind right now fascinating story about dealing with, um, uh, chronic suicidal thoughts, a thing I never knew anybody existed with. Most people have no idea it exists. Uh, and the story that he tells is that, uh, if, you know, he, if his car were to break down on the side of the road, he's got a couple different options. One, he could fi try and fix it himself Two, He could call AAA or three, he could just kill himself and be done. Mm -hmm. And he says that thought is in every is in every day in nearly any situation and he can't get rid of it. And he thought he was this horrible aberration of a person and don't tell anybody. Well, he became a comedian and makes light of this jokes about it and goes around public speaking. And he says, he says, you wouldn't believe it. There's seven, eight people who come up after every show. And they're like, I'm so glad that you voiced this because I had no idea that anybody else dealt with this. I thought I was, I thought I was a, like insane. And I'm so thankful that you're here. Well, cool show. I forgot to record it. I All right. Once. Right. So, <laughs> yes. so it's like we, whatever we have to do, just do it, get something out there and, and quit judging. This is for me. I'm saying this for me. Cause I've got a book somehow in the works too. <laughs> and, and uh, the quit judging. This is what was told to me, by the way. Um, I feel like I'm being very forceful as I say this too, but I don't mean it the way it's coming across. Uh, quit judging how someone else is going to receive it based on what you think of it. You're not that person. So put it out there and then 
allow them, allow their life to intercept what you just threw out into the universe and have it become something. Yeah. And I think what I, what it, what it comes down to the end of the day to what I have peace about when I do go back into, okay, you, you need to publish it. It's, it's not about me. It's my life. Yeah. Right. It's the life that I was living, you know, but I, I live a life to serve God, you know? And so it's whatever he does with it, you know, he'll, for, for his use, you know, so it, it's just, you know, however, uh, I, you know, I just think of sacrifice, you know, and everything Jesus did to sacrifice and, and sacrifices other people have done before me and my family. And, and so, yeah, so it's my, it's kind of, it's, it's my sacrifice. It's what, yeah. I, you know, and whatever be done, be done. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I get it. Uh, Zach is here uh, saying it is great seeing this go live, Jason. Yes, you are Zach Rivera. Exactly. Also a guy with a great story um, helping uh, veterans returning home from the battlefield uh, get uh, reintegrated into society in a healthy way. That's I think that's a good synopsis of what Zach's doing. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, Zach. And for everybody else who's watching online, we've got a number of listeners. If you've got anything that you want to talk about uh, or you want to ask Brenna, drop it into the chat or we'd love to hear from you. Um, all right, so let's let's change gears here just a little bit. Um, I'm curious if uh, if I was to come out to Colorado for a weekend, what is one of the, what is one of the top things that is like a must do? Okay, so I'm not a native Coloradan, but I love Colorado. So I I'm personally it's it's shameful because I'm I'm from the desert. I'm a warm blooded Latina from the desert. So okay. <laughs> I will from my, I moved here in 2012. I am about to go on my first ski trip. What? Colorado, you got to go skiing, right? My first uh, skiing. Yes. But it's being done. It's coming up and I am so excited and I will probably be on my face the whole time, but I get to go skiing. So come to Colorado and ski. Um, the incline, I always say it's a rite of passage if you come to Colorado Springs. It's, uh, have you heard of it? I, somebody just mentioned that I might've been Matt. I don't, I don't recall, but I, uh, what is it? Describe for our viewers that what the incline is because we can't see it. The incline is my nemesis. Um, it's so, so when I, so it's basically 2000 steps up two miles up from 6,000 feet above sea level to 8,000 feet above sea level. What? And it's a very steep, steep, um, climb. And the first time I did it, we were new here and like I said, it's a rite of passage to come to Colorado Springs. And I remember crawling up some parts like a ladder because I had horrible fear of heights. Horrible. Now this was before I was diagnosed with MS. Okay. MS made stairs impossible for me for a while. Oh, I had yeah. to like, I couldn't be anywhere near the edge of a balcony, like six feet away was not far enough. Mm. Um, so that was my thing to conquer that. And it was something I never thought I'd be able to do again. And so soon I'm going to, do that again and it may take me three hours i'm not going to be in a hurry i'm not going to look back yeah i'm going to go back up the yeah he just did it matt just uh, he just posted pictures he just did, oh, did he okay uh, oh yeah other people are champs i mean there's people that do it in like 30 minutes i have friends that are you know i just need to do it again that's it 30 minutes cool. to go up the up the uh Your champs 2000 feet 
mm-hmm. and incline elevation. Zach Rivera, uh, he, he's also, yeah, he's saying, yes, the incline. Yeah. Matt's on the line here, and he's saying, yeah, it's a tough one for sure. Yeah. It sounds dreadful. What happens to your, uh, so tell me about what happens to your calves, your, like your calf muscles. So, I would, isn't that like what happens? Did it, I've always had um, really strong lower body strength. Okay. So that didn't bother me when I did it. Now, when I do it again, because I'm so out of shape, because I mostly laid in bed for the past five years, I don't know what to expect. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> I'm going to just take some oranges with me and some water and a little backpack and just oh. chug along nice and slow. So, yeah. Yeah. But some other people, I, I mean, they, they, yeah. So I do remember being a little sore the next day for sure. All right. Yeah. The incline in uh, Colorado Springs. Let's see if I can. Yes. Oh, snap. Yeah. All right. We got to we got to put this up on the screen. This is great. Yeah. That's all. That's what? <laughs> and I think that looks like an old picture. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, because so it was an old railroad track. And the ties were all crooked, and they closed it down a couple years ago, a few years back, and they redid the steps so they're not so. But they're still, I heard, it's still really challenging. Wow. How? And that's, what? what's at the base of the incline? Is that like a, is that like a place to stay or something like that? So you, it goes into, it's uh, the city of Manitou Springs. And you just walk, and then it, the incline is basically like heading up towards Pike Peak, and then you have oh, a summit, and then the summit. That's awesome. Zach's saying uh, you'll see senior citizens sprint <laughs> it, sprint it three times in a row. <laughs> and one of our Facebook users saying, "Nope, hard pass." <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. My healthy, very healthy. Um, 18 year old was here back in September, and her and her boyfriend went up it, and she was just. You know, what she has also just came in. Well, if you're not used to the elevation, you know, it's going to get you if you just jump. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what would be the starting elevation on that in Colorado Springs? It's not, they you're not quite as. around 6,000. Is it 6,000? <laughs> it's 6,000 ish. Yeah. Okay. Above yeah. So, 6,000 so, sea level. Yeah, so if you came from the Midwest, it, it's if you hit six thousand, you're already winded most days. Anyhow, just walking around. Plane, when you get off the plane. <laughs> You're going to need a little oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go up another 2000 going. <sighs> yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I love it. And I love a good challenge. Coming down is beautiful. You come down the mountain, there's a trail and it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful walk down. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a, uh, I'm trying to think what I would have you do if you came out here. Uh, what would you do if you came out to Illinois? I don't know. What is there to do in Illinois? Go to hey, don't downplay it. Someday. I feel no, like I that was judgment. <laughs> I have friends in Chicago. I want to see Chicago. It's on the list. So seeing the Great Lakes is kind of fun because it does. It looks like the ocean mm-hmm. minus the salt smell, which is kind of disappointing, truthfully, because the salt smell of the ocean is just great. Um, but the you, so um, in the wintertime, you can get some serious ice buildup uh around the lakes which is kind of fun to just kind of walk around chicago has a has a really great path this is not i feel like it's not as epic as what you've got in colorado though i mean you've got some serious natural features in colorado but in chicago there's a path that kind of goes uh for miles and miles um uh, right along uh the lake shore 
and you can connect to the planetarium. You can connect to uh, the museums. You can connect to Soldier Field. You can connect to uh, another park that's on the far south side, which is an airport that they destroyed. Uh, you can connect to Navy Pier. A lot of cool things are just all connected, and you can go. You 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 can pick up a bike uh, from the little bike rental kiosk and just go up and down. It's super fun. I want to go when it's not real cold. That's all I know. Mm. <laughs> not well, too hot. Now's not, not too cold. Yeah. Although we we have this weird weather. It's fifty one degrees right now in oh, Rock in Rockford. But um, it's humid. But it's humid, right? It's a wet fifty one. It's wet, and it That's was twenty eight last night. Yeah, not to get talking about the weather and bore everybody, but that is a special thing about Colorado Springs, the dry desert. That's the only reason I can handle living in the cold here because it's it is dry, so the moisture doesn't just sit on your skin for the most uh, part. So mm-hmm. it's a lot more bearable. So. You said you had some other fun questions. If anybody else doesn't have questions. I, I do. I've got some questions. Our Facebook user says Chicago has a lot of fun things to do. Great jazz and blues scenes. Ooh, the ice castles in Lake Geneva during the winter. That's true. Yeah, Lake Geneva is Lake Geneva's a fun place to go. There are ice caps, ice sculptures and stuff like that that they run. Mm-hmm. They do it around here. Cheese curds. Yeah, Wisconsin. Curds. Wisconsin has a thing for cheese curds. Um, I did actually go to the cheese. There's like a cheese curd festival, yeah. which I never knew. I it was a terrible experience after the cheese curd festival. Oh. <laughs> I I was I was camping. I was camping out there uh for a little bit. And after the cheese curd festival, I was on the other side of this camper, and then everybody else was out by the bonfire and having a great time. And I was just <laughs> wishing I would throw up. I I was sweating. <laughs> My body was like, you have had too much cheese. It was unbelievable i've never felt like that in my life and i never want to feel it again well don't eat a ton of cheese before you go camping oh yeah that could be an (laughs) interesting experience (laughs) yeah it was pretty terrible so um here's a here's another question what's your earliest memory that is a hard one because I, i i that was when i when i was again writing my book it's hard to go back um I don't remember a lot in my childhood. So, mm. oh, I put, I think, one of my earliest memories in there. And I can't remember which one it was. I have to think about it. Um, I'd say this is one I know I talk about in the book. I can't remember if it is the exact earliest, but I remember going to um, my sister Jennifer when she was being born. My stepdad coming in and saying, you know, your sister, we got to go to the hospital and going to the hospital to see my mom and to see my sister. I remember that memory. So that's one of my farthest backs. Oh, were you excited to have a sister? Yes. So I have a bitter story about it. Um, <laughs> it I love, I was excited to have a sister and I would just know, and I had a Fozzie bear from the Muppets. Fozzie oh, yeah. was yeah. my everything. And so I took Fozzie and I gave Fozzie to my mom as a gift, you know, for having my sister. And Fozzie never made it back from the hospital. Nobody knows what happened to Fozzie. What? Heart- Somebody stole day. Fozzie? I just day, I'm still heartbroken about Fozzie. Yeah. <laughs> Fozzie. I was so, it was just one of those childhood letdowns that you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no more Fozzie bear. Oh my gosh. That's All the horrible. I gave to my mom. All of it just gone. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Well, was, yeah, because some people like they they end up with with sisters or brothers, and they are not at all happy yeah. about that. Like they because they're I don't know they're 
hoarding the love or something. I, I don't know. loved it. I never felt like that with my little siblings. If anything, yeah. it was kind of frustrating because they were too little for me to hold and play with, like the little dolls I wanted to play with, you know. But um, but I still got to change diapers and clean up, and I got in trouble for everything they did. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was the youngest, or well, still am. I've never not been the youngest uh, since weird way to say it. So I'm the youngest of, th- of, of three kids and I'm separated enough from my brother and my sister in terms of age that I feel like uh, when I was coming into my formative years uh, that they were gone, they were left the house and they got married and did their things. And so I went through my late, um, late grade school, like eight, uh, seventh, eighth grade. And then into college or into high school alone at the house. Um, but prior to then, uh, prior to then, you know, we all, we all hung out. I don't know what it's, so I kind of know both, I know both sides of no, uh, suffering at the hand of like older siblings and then also having them disappear and just yeah. being, <laughs> being with just me. <laughs> I'm not sure which one I liked better. <laughs> Probably being alone. Probably. For me, talking about experience, sorry, it just reminded me to change the subject. But yeah, for me, I didn't really have a parents example. Like I didn't have that relationship. And mm. so I'm, I'm experiencing for the first time in my life a, a mother-child relationship at this age. Like oh. I've, I've been on my own since I was in high school. So okay. I raised my kids mostly on my own. So it just kind of reminded me of that. Like, of yeah, trying to do something without having, you know, a map to know like what you're supposed to do. So it's interesting being a parent at this time in my life and having grown kids and experiencing this relationship without ever having experienced it on the flip side. Yeah. I love what you said when you're trying to figure out what to do uh, based on the map, like not having the map, because I think when we end up as we age, um, I feel like as we age, uh, we enter these new circumstances and we look to the nearest map that we had just intuitively. It's like a subconscious thing, uh, which then ends up a lot of times being how we were raised. And we just kind of just pass on the things that we knew as kids and think, well, this is how we do things. And we don't have a reason for it other than that's just the way it's done. Yeah. Uh, and we'd seldom stop to question why am I doing this? And is it really the best way? Most people just kind of screw down through uh, and not give any pause to it. Reflection. Yeah. Not me. I second guess and I third guess everything. Yeah. They're pretty great. They're pretty great kids. It's fun. (laughs) It's fun having young adult um, children though. I'm really loving it. I'm loving seeing them <laughs> my youngest daughter says it's fun seeing you as like a person she's like not just like you know she's like not that I always right. have it like you're always mom but just like you know I I can they see just me more me now instead of just having to be the strict mom because I was the only parental figure <laughs> yeah mom thought there was a point when they thought mom was going crazy like mom going crazy like she's never done this stuff before I'm like nope I'm just not holding back anymore. God gave me another <laughs> chance at life. I'm living it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is funny as the age to, you know, your comment, like it's funny seeing you as a person. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I tended to idolize or, uh, not, not at least not understand, you know, the, the people I'm, you know, being cared, cared for by or something like that are just people. And yeah. they're, 
you know, they are, um, they've got their own struggles, you know, yeah. and it's, it's not like suddenly life smooths out and then it's like clean sailing and then you raise the next generation and you know, we're the only messed up ones. Yeah. Um, it's like, <laughs> no, we've all got, <laughs> we've all got something we're dealing with. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I think we were, I was talking to my parents today. My dad called me and called me and called me and called me. And I said, dad, I'm on the phone. I had texted him and then, and then, uh, uh, I called them back after the thing. I was like, dad, what's going on? Like, it's like somebody dying or what? Why do you keep calling me? He's like, Oh, I just, it's your birthday tomorrow. I just wanted to, you know, see if you wanted to do anything. And, and I was like, what? Huh? And I couldn't hardly hear him. He said, call me on the landline. I'm like, okay. So then I called on the landline. It's my mom. Yeah. And she's like, did you, why are you calling? And I was like, I don't know. Dad told me to call him. And he, she's like, he's in the bathroom. And I was like, what? No wonder I could like, no wonder I could hear him. And I, and I'm recalling now, like in terms of the map, like I'm recalling these times when my dad used to call his parents and have what I thought were absurd conversations. Yeah. And now I'm, now I'm having these conversations, you know, with, with, with my parents and they just think it's hilarious. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I think it's hilarious too, but <laughs> I'm, bl I'm blessed. I hope my son is the only one who's not really a phone talker, but I feel blessed and I hope it never changes. Cause I'll have my two of my uh, youngest daughter, one, my eldest is here in Colorado. My two youngest daughters are in Arizona and they'll call me almost every day and I'll get a call just in the morning. As soon as they see like mom's up and hi, <laughs> just to say, my daughter calls me on her way home just to drive. Like, no, Aww. I want to talk to you just for her drive home. And I'm on FaceTime and she's driving on the road, looking at the road, but mom's in the car, basically having a conversation with her. So I, that's I, I, so nice. I'm, I feel very blessed for that. Yeah. I've got one son living off in uh, the Phoenix area uh, and he clicks on LinkedIn. He like likes all my posts on LinkedIn. That's all I ever hear from him. And then there's, and, and granted, I don't reach out either, which is shame on me. Right. And then I've got another son who lives in the area and I never hear from him. Um, and then he like, you know, send me a message for something that he needs. And I'll be like, Hey, what are you talking about? And you know, we'll kind of go back and forth for a little bit. And then we just go in like radio silence for a while. And I, it's funny because some people, you know, like you and I've, I've got some friends too, are like, I'm in contact with my parents every day. Or, you know, it's like, it's a, they're like, like family is a mainstay of the, of life. I was at Thanksgiving talking to my sister and she's like, I saw this thing. I saw you on YouTube. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know, you're some coffee thing. And I was like, oh, and I realized, and, and I realized I was like, I was trying to hide out. Like, uh, don't, I was like, what are you talking about? What do you know? And it's a weird thing in my soul. What's that? You don't want them to know you did this? I not sure that I did. I don't know. Are you afraid of them judging? <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah. I totally am. I'm just like you. That's a human thing. And it's the people, it is, it's certain people that we just, do you find it more that you're worried more about the judgment of the people who really don't matter? than the ones who do like I don't worry about my kids or anybody I worry about like the people who I went through this awful experience with and what are they going to say like they're going to come at me more like it was such a awful experience I don't want to ever hear from them again <laughs> like that's the, I guess that's who I get afraid of yeah I think it's the nebulous I, I grew up in in the church uh church for a while um still am but you know kind of 
more closely connected sometimes. And, and I just, I remember that, um, like people would get credit, like pastors would get criticized pretty intensely by people from the congregation. Um, and it'd be kind of like, well, you, you know, you go to, go to, go to church and then you eat the pastor for breakfast or for lunch, you know, <laughs> you like, and, and I know that not every place is like that. And, and I'm, I, it's extreme, right. To have that kind of thought, but, um, it's kind of like, I don't want to be somebody's lunch meat. <laughs> like you're, you're speaking kind of to my story and to like, that's, I think the point of one of the points of it all for me, it's, um, there just are no perfect people. Stop. Stop. I have right. a friend. I, I had a friend who we recently had a fallout. Um, and I love her and I'll love her forever, but she was a, a best friend of mine because she didn't approve of something in my life. And it's like, I'm working on so much. I don't have time to work on just being perfect, you know, in every part of my life. It's just not possible. Let me do one thing at a time, you know? And I think that that's what people forget. It's, it's people want you to be, I think it comes from a place of fear and a big part of my book is it's uh, religion. I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus, but I'm not a fan of um, religion where people just point their fingers and say, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. You, Cause first of all, God didn't do that. If God didn't do that for us, if he gave us, you know, free will to know him and to love him and to come to him on our own, who are we to take that away from one another? You know, who am I to go and say, um, you're not doing that right. And you're because everything that we do, even our mistakes, it's all part of just being human. It's part of what our minds are programmed to do. And it's part of our journey. And it's if we're constantly making the effort to be good and to come. I, I love the book, A Return to Love. If we're and I love is who we are. Love is who God is and it's who we are. And if we're constantly making that effort to return to to being the most loving, healing, whole people so that we can help other people. That's more than we can ask for. So we need to stop telling people you're not doing it right. You're not, you know, doing this right, because maybe they're not doing something great that you think, but maybe they're doing something way better where you're lacking, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So the thing that comes to my mind is, um, for, for, for folks like that, and I hope I've not been one and, and maybe I don't know, but like you say, there are no perfect people. Um, we're just trying our best really. And sometimes we're not even trying our best, right? I mean, we're just, we're just kind of trying. Sometimes (laughs) our humanness takes over and we say, screw it. (laughs) Exactly. Totally. Exactly. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this thing that's bad for me because I just want to. Thanks very much. I'm out of, I'm out of space to do the right thing in this moment. (laughs) Peace out. Uh, the, I, I, uh, the thing that comes to my mind, like the phrase that comes to my mind is I'm not your hope. So if you're, if you're so in, if you're, if it's so important to you that I somehow do everything right. Like if, if you're like hoping for that, I'm not, I'm not your hope. It's actually, the world is actually designed very, very, um, specifically, uh, and importantly, that I I am going to dis- disappoint you. <laughs> like life is going to disappoint you because none of us are none of us are your hope for you. Yeah. You know, like I don't I don't hope. Like Brenna, Brenna, you know, you, you have a fantastic story, and I want you to do your book. I want you to do your book for you, and I want you to, to take up as much space in the universe that the universe allows 
for you. And I think a lot of that boils down to choice. I want that same thing for me. If I don't, and if you don't, I also know that the universe doesn't cease to exist. And, you know, the, 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 the fullness of what becomes of this um, is, is still going to be in some way I will have missed out on what could have been. Um, and people around me might have missed out on what could have been. And, um, but I'm also going to allow myself to walk the journey, knowing that it sometimes is, sometimes is a, uh, sometimes I'm going to go down a wrong path. I don't know which path to go down and I'm going to go down a wrong path. I'm going to find a dead end and I'm going to have to backtrack and I'm going to find the main track again. And I'm going to go up. Not everything's like the incline, right? Not everything has these stair steps all the way to the top. Sometimes you just, you're just bushwhacking. Like, I don't know where the hell I'm going either. So I'm bushwhacking. And if you'd like to join me, great, but don't bush, bushwhack and bitch about it. Yeah. You got, you got one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, Brenna, we're coming up to the end of our time here. All right. That one um, I appreciate you being on. Is there anything that you, what's, what's in your heart to say to anybody who's viewing? I know I put you on the spot with that. You know, um, I didn't know what we were going to talk about and I don't even know what I'm going to say. It is on the spot. Maybe something will come out. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Um, what I, my mind kept circling around the word faith. Mm. And I think before this interview, and I think, um, Maybe somebody just needs to hear it who's watching it, you know, or maybe, I don't know, but the word faith was in my, and, and maybe because I've been, have some new challenges ahead of me and I've been struggling with it and just trying to keep myself aligned and, and um, you know, just keep surrendering. So, um, yeah, so that's all I'll say, no matter what you're going through. I mean, that's my journey. That's my story. And we're kind of here to discuss that, whatever you're going through, it, don't worry about the picture. Don't worry about what you thought it was supposed to be. It's going to be okay. And faith doesn't mean you're strong all the time. Faith doesn't mean it just means you let go and you surrender. And the more you let go and surrender, the more you allow the things that are supposed to come in your life to come into your life versus holding on to what we thought it should be. So mm -hmm. just stay in faith, stay grateful. Don't lose hope. And the best way for me during my hard times to not lose hope was to just constant gratitude. So when I was at my lowest lows, I would just watch the sunrise or I'd watch the sunset and then those things would fill my heart. So maybe it's the sunrise for you or the sunset for you or a song for you, but find something that fills your heart if you're at your lowest low and just absorb that and just say, give thanks for that one thing. If you have one thing always to be thankful for, then you can have something to hold on to. So. I don't know where awesome. that came from. I'm rambling, but that's what was in my head before we. I don't think on. you're rambling. Yeah. I think uh, I think you're right on right on point. Thank you very much for that. How are you open to uh, if people want to get in contact with you? You know, based on uh, based on what you just said there, how how do people get in contact with you? Yeah. So I because of my disabilities, it's hard to do one on one with people. Sure. But I do share my experience. I have a, a um, Brenna's becoming hashtag on both Facebook and Instagram and I share my journeys there and I also have a YouTube channel Brenna's Overcomers um, that link is on my Instagram hashtag Brenna's Becoming 
um, where I will be sharing stories like we talked about in the beginning of people who've overcome really hard times and where I'm still sharing my journey of health and healing and where I will eventually share my book. So, All right. I'm going to put this up on the screen here in our final moments. Brenna's overcoming. Brenna's becoming. Brenna's becoming. Yeah. And they came, the name came to me because I was thinking I'm unbecoming. Brenna, like the word unbecoming. And I thought, I'm not unbecoming. Who cares about what I'm unbecoming? It's and it's Brenna's overcomers. Yeah. Yeah. Brenna's overcomers on YouTube. All right. All right. Thank you. Oh, hold on. I'm really mangling this. <laughs> so it's hashtag Brenna's Becoming and Brenna's Overcomers? Yeah. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram is both Brenna's hashtag Brenna's Becoming. Okay. I'm going to pop that on the screen here. Yay. Well, thanks so much for sharing. I appreciate your openness, your vulnerability. Um, I appreciate getting to know you. Thank you. Um, and I'd love to do the incline. Uh, I, I'm owed a, I'm owed myself a trip to Colorado for a couple while, okay. uh, couple, couple whiles. Here's my offer to you. If you come to Colorado mm -hmm. to the incline, I'm gonna make sure Matt walks it up with up with you. But I will meet you down on the end, and for sure, if we could have pizza or something. <laughs> Deal. All right, sounds good. You're on. Right. Thanks so much. Thanks right. to all of our viewers and listeners. Uh, get in contact with Brenna. Uh, if you feel led to Brenna's becoming Brenna's overcomers. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.